Heavenly Father, thank you for another day. Thank you for a message and a, an opportunity to share with the word, the world, your gospel, your word. And I pray that the things I do would bring glory to your name and that no one would focus on me, but on the message. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Welcome to Cross Discourse, where music, culture, and life are discussed across the media spectrum weekly to help you live a godly life. Cross Discourse. Christ is culture. Yo, what's up? It's your boy Anonymous coming to you with another episode of Cross Discourse. So I've been really looking at this uh, Bible verse and I wanted to share with you again. I know we've kind of used it already, uh, the previous message, but um, Galatians 2, 11 through 14, I want to just speak to you about it. Um, it's the English Standard Version, but I'm going to change Cephas to Peter, uh, and it goes like this. But when Peter came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face because he stood condemned. For before certain men came from James, he was eating with the Gentiles. But when they came, he drew back and separated himself, fearing the circumcision party. And the rest of the Jews acted hypocritically along with him, so that even Barnabas was led astray by their hypocrisy. But when I saw that their conduct was not in step with the truth of the gospel, I said to Peter before them all, If you, though a Jew, live like a Gentile and not like a Jew, how can you force the Gentiles to live like Jews? And um, I just, wow, like this this verse is just so powerful. Um, and it's a New Testament story, which I like because then we get to share, you know, the, 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 the Christian or the word of God from a Christian uh, viewpoint um, where it's actually Christians dealing with something that we can relate to. And if you've been following me and if you listen to this week's podcast, Take the Ship was the kind of overarching article. And it's about the conservatives within the ultra conservatives within the Southern Baptist Convention trying to use this pirate or this idea of a pirate to take back um, the church but a pirate we all know has the the connotation of thievery of greed of backstabbing of plundering of all types of bad things and you know um you know it's not necessarily a good thing particularly when the southern baptist church has negative um a, a bad history They're, they haven't been great uh, towards a variety of people so much so that if you know your your church history um, there's a fellowship that was created in the early 90s um, and a couple presidents were a part of it bill clinton and jimmy carter who particularly introduced uh, the the phrase born again into the american lexicon um, jimmy carter left the southern baptist church uh, and he joined this convention. Um, uh, there are a lot of Southern Baptists who are kind of been leaving, prominent Southern Baptists who have been leaving um, the Southern Baptist Church. And, you know, because of a lot of their views that are misogynist, 
uh, racist um, and things of that nature. And here you still have people who are willing to kind of go to bat for the Southern Baptist Church and not really speak uh, about the ills. Now, there's some history with the Southern Baptist Church. Recently, there's been um, some pushback for people who have been speaking out about the sexual abuse within the church. There's been some pushback from people who are critical of them attacking the critical race theory. Um, there's just a lot of things going on in the Southern Baptist Church. And I think we can use Galatians 2.11 through 14 to kind of talk about it. So um, first I want to just go break down uh, these four verses really quickly. Now in verse 11, you see Peter... Um, is in Antioch and Paul opposes him uh, because Peter has decided that he's going to let the Jews kind of dictate how he's living. You see in verse 12 it says you know some Jews came and Peter is now backing off from the Gentiles. He's not eating with them. He's separating himself because he's afraid of the Jews. And then verse 13 the Jews, all the other Jews including Barnabas uh, were going to be hip, hypocrites and they are going to kind of also separate themselves from the Gentiles. And then Paul steps in and he says it's not in step with the truth of the gospel and says, how can you who are a Jew and try to live like a Gentile and must like it because you're doing it pretty easily, how can you then turn around and tell the Jews that they um have to live like jews when you like their way of life i mean this is like a powerful four verses and i just want to hit you with a few things um the first thing is this um there is confrontation in this particular story between two christians uh who they're actually disciples they're actually leaders of the christian church having a confrontation not in private this is in front of people so Christians are seeing this, Gentiles are seeing this, Jews are seeing this. You're seeing confrontation from amongst the two groups of people. Um, it's public. It's a public spat. Um, that's the first thing that I want you to see. And um, it can be a good thing and it can be a bad thing for the church. You know, the world is going to see this, but right has to um, come out of this in a way that people can see God's glory. And you can see that uh, right does come out of it. Peter uh, has to accept his sin. Peter has to accept his sin. If Peter says anything in response and fights back, um, knowing that he has sinned, he's doing a disjustice, um, a disjustice, injustice, whatever. He's doing a, a poor He's doing something bad. Let me just say that for the church, because the world, the public has to see that he has sinned. And so Paul has to rebuke Peter in this particular um, instance. But another thing that comes out of this, you see that Paul is brave enough and bold enough to actually tell everybody that he did it. He tells everybody, he says, when I saw their conduct, he's reporting this in Galatians. He's reporting it to the Galatians. When I saw this, this is what happened and this is what I did. So it's a public thing. And now he's, he's not bragging for it, but he's talking about it to other people to make a particular point. And he's showing 
the glory of God. This is all for God's glory, this confrontation. Uh, but why is he so mad? Why is he so upset? Um, and you can see it in verse 14. Peter obviously loves the, the, the Gentile lifestyle, whether it's the food or some of the uh, things that they're doing. It doesn't say in this particular verse, but it's it's clear that Peter lives like a Gentile. So he loves the lifestyle. He's a Jew. He knew the Jew way of life, but he decides to live like a Jew. I mean, a Gentile amongst the Gentiles. And so that in itself is a powerful thing. And now he's telling the Gentiles that they have to live like Jews. So it's a hypocrisy thing. But if Pete, if Paul doesn't say anything um, about this, he's going to separate the Jews and the Gentiles. You can see right here uh, separation in verse 12. They're separated because they're not circumcised or uh, they're eating a different type of food, whatever the reason. But Paul has to step in because if he doesn't, you're actually going to see a split between two different groups. And this is why um, I'm, I'm, I'm harping on this. When we talk about the Southern Baptist Church, there are a lot of splits going on. And you're seeing the Christian church. You're seeing split after split after split after split. No one wants to um, admit that they're wrong. The Southern Baptists, instead of admitting that they were wrong when they split from the triennial convention have instead built up this huge following in the Christian faith and it's built on sin. And now the world doesn't understand. And even some people who are a part of the Southern Baptists don't understand that there is sin within this particular organization that was built on sin and it's just compounding more sin. Um, and this is why Galatians teaches us that it's important for us to speak up when sin is happening. And it's important for the people not to see the vision because now look at all the denominations within the within the uh, world right now. It's not just Baptist. We've got Methodist. We've got Episcopalian. We've got so many different Pentecostal, you know, apostolic, which is similar. Um, but you've got so many different faiths, right? You've got AME. You've got, I mean, just tons. And no one is really reconciling the particular church. And, and I'm trying to do it by just talking about reconciling. I like to consider, consider myself non-denominational because there isn't a denomination that's wholly right. Um, a lot of your Southern Baptists consider themselves like Calvinists and they're arguing and talking to other groups of people about, you know, what's right and what's wrong. And, and I mean, we have a ton of things that are going on. So it matters that Paul steps in to, to bring back uh, this understanding of the gospel. He says it right here. He says it was not in step with the truth of the gospel we have to be in step with the truth of the gospel and if we're not it's going to lead to even more uh division it's going to lead to even more um hurt feelings and and just a lot of crumbling of the faith peter doesn't say anything back um you know it's going to lead to more people deviating from the gospel um and we have to know that the gospel is God's way. It's not anybody else's way, but God's way. And if we have a relationship 
with God and with God is at the forefront, we'll learn to be in unity. Um, and, and that's really uh, the whole message. I want you to think about um, I want you to think about a couple of things. I want you to think about the separation in the church right now. Right. Think about the separation in the church. How are you separate from other people in the Christian faith? Um, do you allow your your race, um, your gender, do you allow uh, your views, your political views separate you from other Christians, from other um, people, believers in the faith, in the way, in the truth, right? Do you allow that to separate you? Because if you do, you're very much like Peter was in Galatians 2. 11 and 14. The second thing I want you to think about is um, hostility. Not only are you separate from them or do you separate yourself um, or do you subconsciously separate yourself, but it, uh, what kind of hostilities do you have uh, between other people? I know for one, um, I've seen some hostility between some black uh, parishioners and white parishioners. And here's the thing, like I, I and I struggle with this, too. I love, um, you know, some of the music in the black churches. I love it. Sometimes I think that the services go a little too long and they don't stick like on message. They maybe pontificate or try and be a little too um, ostentatious. Uh, with their praise and worship. And so I have spent a large amount of my time recently uh, uh, amongst a lot of white churches and I interact with them because I like the services. I like how they stick to it. But sometimes I'm in the white churches and I don't think they go deep enough. I don't think they go hard enough. I don't think they uh, examine the, the truth within the Bible enough. Right. So there is some hostility because I do know that not a lot of white people love to serve under black pastors. And I know a lot of black churches don't trust uh, a lot of the white people that are in the faith. So I know that there's hostility, but think about the hostility that you that you are experiencing or seeing. Um, and it's not just race. There is hostility between genders. Um, I you know, there are female prophetesses in the Bible. There are female judges in the Bible, um, female leaders in the Bible. Um, but some people just don't want to work in that regard. Uh, uh, me, in some ways, I'm kind of like that as well, um, because I just see a biblical viewpoint. Um, if there's a different biblical viewpoint that, um, or if not a different biblical viewpoint, but that there's a truth that I'm missing in the Bible, I am humble enough to, to really go with you on that one. Um, I just haven't seen it. Um, and then uh, what uh, does it look like, right? What does it look like uh, when we humble ourselves and really just focus and put God first? Because I think a lot of us haven't put God first. A lot of us like to say that we put God first, but we're not really putting God first. And if you think that, that, that this question doesn't apply to you, think about this question. What is it costing me to subjugate myself to God? And that's a very powerful question because now you have to examine what am I losing by, by saying, hey, I have to follow God so I can't go to this place or I can't take this job or I can't do this type of work. 
And you really have to examine that when you think about that, because now you're seeing why certain people are divisive in the Christian church, because they want their cake and they want to eat it too. Um, when we come back, I'm going to kind of wrap this thought up with a, a few other verses. Yeah, I don't do this for money. I don't do this for fame. It's only one reason. Yeah, I do it for the king, you know? They ask me why I do it, I'm doing this for the truest yeah. To do this for the bluest diamonds they can find Remining, climbing a mountain to find there's no treasure Measure my worth by how many skirts I can live in dollars I get Acknowledge the gift from God but wouldn't follow a script Hollow inside besides didn't know how to repent Was meant to spend my life in prison, living illegal or die doing evil God never leave you, this world would deceive you First and first it seems to me he chose the worst of the people Work from dirt is perfect, work chose to pervert and be feeble Thank God for the sequel, Adam to Jesus Odds that can't even believe in adamantly on his path that he leads us Retrieved us with sin they need us men, believers in him Receiving freedom, believes he can bring us amends Been down till I stood up Been down when I look up to his crown Found with blessings running down from my cup That's God Do it for the king, do it for the king We don't do it for a name, more than just the fame Ask me why I do it, I'ma say the same We do it for the king, do it for the king Do it for the king, do it for the king We don't do it for a name, more than just the fame Ask me why I do it, I'ma say the same we do it for the king, do it for Every the king Every day I wake up like I hit the lottery Feeling blessed, Bless. I pray that they just see the God in me Nothing less, Nothing. the devil wanna make it hard for me Keep me stressed, yeah. wanna take me back to where that garden be And leave a mess, but yeah. no Adam, I get Adam Tell this world you yeah. can't have him, all the money you yeah. can have it I'm just living for yeah. the master, live my life for yeah. the after Rapping Christian, Christian yeah. rapper, I just choose to be the latter Some would say it doesn't matter, but when you came from where I came from Seen the things that I seen, yeah. overcame what I overcame My nightmares became dreams, just like Novocaine Had no feeling, living by any means, which seems Now I lean on my God, no Rick, I'm redeemed, yeah, I'm clean Take my crown, he the king, lay it down at his feet Now we reap, leave a faith, out of space Ain't no ceilings, he can space, he is great Food for thought, grab a plate and a fork Get a taste, now we can say Do it for the king, do it for the king We don't do it for a name, more than just the fame Ask me why I do it, I'ma say the same We do it for the king, do it for the king Do it for the king, do it for the king We don't do it for a name, more than just the fame Ask me why I do it, I'ma say the same we do it for the king, do it for the king Do it for the king, do it for the king We don't do it for a name, more than just the fame Ask me why I do it, I'ma say the same We do it for the king, do it for the king Do it for the king, do it for the king We don't do it for a name, more than just the fame Ask me why I do it, I'ma say the same We do it for the king, do it for the king So uh, here I am. I'm back. Um, I just wanted you to think about that um, as you go on through the rest of your day. Um, but there are some Bible verses that really talk about unity, um, but they're not just all about unity. Um, I, I mentioned in my other podcast, First uh, Peter three eight. Finally, all of you have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. I think that's important. Because a humble mind um, isn't just a castaway here. What does it mean to have a humble mind, a tender heart, 
brotherly love, unity of mind and sympathy. Uh, what do those things mean to you? Uh, Philippians 2, 2 says, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full of cord and of one mind. That is a very, very powerful statement here um, Paul, uh, that we're being we're being commanded to be um, to be of the same mind, be in full accord and have the same love and then you know we can go to first corinthians and talk about the decision of love making but uh that is also something to think about colossians three thirteen says and above all these put on love which binds everything together in perfect harmony and when you hear the word love i don't want you to think about this emotional earthly worldly americanized version of love that's full of emotion i want you to think about decision making how can you subject yourself to god and crush yourself and put others before you and follow that second commandment because our kind of love uh, actually means to just destroy everything about yourself for the sake of another right we're not thinking about ourselves we're putting the other person before us that's the type of love that we're talking about um in in, in the bible right um, a couple other verses, 2 Corinthians 13. Finally, brothers, rejoice, aim for restoration, comfort one another, agree with one another, live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. Um, you know, there are tons of verses. There are tons of verses, and I can't go through all of them, but Romans 14, 9 says this. So then, let us pursue what makes for peace and for mutual upbuilding. So how can you, as a Christian in a Southern Baptist church or, or wherever, you know, how can you look at these Bible verses and say, I'm doing something right and you're doing something wrong? How is that mutual upbuilding, right? And this is the problem that I have with a lot of um, some of these other uh, podcasters, um, you know, who are putting out their, their, their verses or their podcast, their episodes and their tweets and, and their other things, because they're constantly not seeking mutual upbuilding. They are not seeking, um, biblical unity. They're not, they can't possibly be seeking it. If, if they're not coming with it with a humble mind, they just think they're right. And that's the end of it, you know, and I, I'm trying to make sure that I'm not as well. I'm trying to be humble. If you can come at me with some Bible verses um, and with some biblical rebuking, knowing the first and second commandments, the first and second most important commandments in Jesus's own words, come at me, bro. I'm serious. Let me learn from the master, which is God and not you, so that we can really um, come to an understanding of this particular message. Um, let's take back the ship. Let's take the ship from these conservatives who are trying to use this pirate motif uh, to, to kind of teach us the wrong things who aren't really biblical at all. Let's take the ship. All right. Um, my, my brothers and sisters, I love you. I appreciate you. I, I want you to understand that this is more than just, um, a, a, 
uh, a podcast. This is something where I want us to love one another. I want us to, to grow together. I want us to just be in the word and, and to um, just understand that we need to get out there and fight. This was about culture and it is always going to be about culture. And this is a part of our culture. We have a lot of infighting in our culture. We have a lot of bad things happening in our culture and we need to be able to fix this and confront it in a biblical manner so that we don't have these things happening. And the world is watching. The world is watching. You know, I want to just say this, that there's money involved in this. There's power involved in this. And power corrupts. Money corrupts. The Bible teaches us we shouldn't make other things our God for this reason. When you start focusing on money, when you start focusing on power and influence, this is why politics is a game to me. I look at it as a game. I don't look at it as something that we need to to ally ourselves with someone who is non-Christian, right? Someone who's non-Christian, who spews hateful words, who says the dumbest things and is an evil person. We don't need to align ourselves with someone like that because we feel like this is the only way we're going to maintain our influence on the world. No, you don't do that. You don't do that. You cannot. The Bible teaches us that we should not align ourselves and be uh, uh, mixed up with people like that. The Bible has already said that we don't need to be unequally yoked with people who are who are not Christian. So why do we do that? You see what I'm saying? This is the type of thing that I'm trying to fight here. And this is our culture. And we need to fight for our culture for that very reason. All right. Water giving out bad orders, about to get they staff slaughtered. That's a quarter, two sides. Know the story, men chasing after glory, say they chasing after God. That's a lie. My reply, break it down for the listeners. Listen up, wrote this for the fivefold ministers, parishioners. See the head, we the body from whom we get our permission to teach. But some of y'all just trying to condition us. Preach, let me dig deeper. We consist of many members with many gifts, apologists, co defenders of the faith. Some lay hands like John G. Lake. But sadly, the other John can't relate. Let's talk about it. The body full of schisms, spiritual circumcisions that locked us in the prison to a point that some of us can only work the kitchen. Like we ain't even worthy of commission. Like the days of racism, or maybe we still there. Bloody cataclysms, monopolizing theology, patterns of a system that existed way back. Nas resting in Rome. The papacy is blasphemy. They out here vesting the throne. And in America, I hear the same old song. You can buy, you can rent, but you psychologically owned. Gold teeth in your mouth, look like you're wrong. Judged off appearance alone, look like you're wrong. Got a license to carry that chrome, but better carry that camera phone when getting pulled over at home. And I rarely see the white church protesting that zone. And when it pops, don't see the black church correcting they own. There's only one church, and while we alone, both sides should be convicted, cause the blind can see the vision condoned. And don't you dare tell me, shh, chill and watch my tone, cause you know I'm telling the truth. This is not overblown. Denominations, categories, we placed in like a story in an allegory. We caged in without a cage, that's corona, an invisible force. But pride is the literal source, deal with the core, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord.
pray uh, for all of us. I would pray that um, that song speaks more to you a second time um, as you listen to it. You'll understand there's one church, there's one body, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. Dear Heavenly Father, I just pray that we as your followers would focus 100% on you and your word and less and less every day on our own needs, on our own wants. God, I pray that we would seek your face, that we would seek to work to bring more souls to you for your glory and that we would try to just maintain our anonymity more and more let us become more uh more in terms of being in the background and less uh, in terms of wanting to gain the glory for ourselves this is all for you I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs>